0: The Old Testament reading for this, the fifth Sunday in Lent, serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes from the prophet Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you and i will place you in your own land then you shall know that i am the lord i have spoken and i will do it declares the lord and this is the word of the lord be to God. o come let us fix our eyes on jesus the founder and protector of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and his The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, the 8th chapter. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And this is the Word of the Lord. Rise for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel comes according to St. John, the 11th chapter. When Jesus came, Who is coming into the world? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what's happening to our congregation? Are our Sunday school and youth programs just absolutely thriving? Are we having discussions about how to handle all the people who attend on Sundays, how to deal with a crowd that big? Well, of course not. We look back to the days when Trinity had over 500 members and the pews were full every Sunday. Some of the members that we do have, we don't even remember what their faces look like because it's been so long since they've been here. We long for the days when we had to set up chairs in the fellowship hall for Christmas Eve. Now, I've said many times that we are actually in a much better place than many congregations are. But we could always do better, couldn't we? Compared to 50, 70, 100 years ago, it kind of seems like the church is dying. Seems like it is drying up, doesn't it? Blame the vacancy. Blame the pastor, the elders, the coffee we serve at meetings, something somebody said 20 years ago. Whatever it is that you'd like to see as the problem, blame that. The fact is, it's not just here. It's everywhere. All across the world, churches that proclaim the true word of God are shrinking, seem to be drying up. People are turning away from sound doctrine, making church a nominal part of their life at best, living lives completely opposed to the word of God. Now we could try all sorts of programs and gimmicks to try to turn that trend around to boost attendance, but to what end? Maybe we'll see a slight surge in attendance, but as the novelty wears off, it's back to normal as people go to chase the next gimmick here and there and wherever they might see it. We could set up a light show, we could switch from organ to electric guitar, and I could moonwalk while we do the liturgy. The fact is it wouldn't change a thing in the long run. Churches like ours, churches that still cling to the Word of God as the sole source of our doctrine, we seem to be a dying breed. We hear about congregation after congregation that closes their doors because the members just simply aren't there anymore. In the Missouri Synod, many congregations are converting to multi-point parishes, part-time ministries, and so-called permanent vacancies, which means that they simply can't afford to pay a full-time minister and be a self-sufficient congregation. A lot of congregations have actually mapped out just how long they can survive on their current bank account, and they have a plan in place for what to do when that money is gone. It's sad, isn't it? It's a bleak picture when you look at how our beloved Synod has declined in membership and vibrancy over the last few decades, when you think about how Christianity in general has been pushed out of the lives of so many people, you start to feel a little bit like the prophet Ezekiel in our reading today. You feel like you're standing in a valley surrounded by signs of death, the remains of what used to be a mighty army, the dry bones of the church, That is no more. We look at the wreckage of Christianity in our world today. And we ask ourselves. Can these bones live? Can the church stand up again? Can the church actually have an impact on this world of sin and death? Well now to begin with. We do have to understand one very, very important detail. Only God can breathe life into these bones. He and he alone is in charge and has the power to do it. As Ezekiel stands there in the valley of dry bones, there was no hope for him to do anything about those bones on his own. Man's efforts are useless. Ezekiel could have spent the entire day putting bones together like Legos. Nothing at all would have come of it except that the dry bones would have been in slightly different positions man's word, it has no power. If Ezekiel were speaking his word alone and saying, come on bones, get up, those bones would have laid there just as dry. In the same way, if we are trying to breathe life into the church on our own, by our own gimmicks, by our own ideas, we are destined to fail. Now certainly God calls us to be active in our faith and in our congregation. We do what we can to be inviting and welcoming. We don't take the fatalistic approach and say, well, there's nothing we can do, so why should we even bother? We invite people. We speak to the delinquent members of our congregation. We remind our own family of the blessed eternal treasures that we receive here in church. But if we neglect God's word, and we look to programs and gimmicks alone, but we will find ourselves always standing in a valley of dry bones. The word and tradition of man, no matter how fancy and glitzy or attractive it might seem, it has no power to save or to bring people to faith. Gimmicks and innovations that are based on entertainment, they cannot save the church at all. Catering to the ways of the sinful world, Not only will that not save the church, but it condemns those who buy into that false teaching. The church was never called to be part of this world. The church was never called to be popular. The church was never called to be just what you get outside with a little bit of Jesus taped on for show. Our efforts, they are useless unless they are founded in God's holy word. God's word alone is more powerful than anything else in marketing. You're always told that you are supposed to find the one thing that you can offer that no one else can. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have that thing. Here in the church, we have the forgiveness of sins. We have everlasting life. We have peace with God. And that is something that cannot be obtained anywhere outside of the Holy Christian Church. The word of God alone delivers these things. Remember Peter's question from John 6 a while back. As all the disciples were leaving and Jesus said, do you guys want to go as well? John asked the same question that is valid today. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That sacred word of God. And that word alone, that can make the bones of this church stand again. That alone will make us stand strong and bring us back from death. But here's the beautiful part. God doesn't just put us back together, prop us up and say, well, there you go, you're fine. God breathes life into these dry bones. The church is not just going to limp along like a zombie, mindlessly plodding forward, slowly fading away, hoping for the end when we all get to go to heaven. No, God stands up those dry bones and gives them flesh and gives them sinews and muscle, then breathes the breath of life into them. What once looked hopeless and dead to us is now a mighty army ready for battle. Standing shoulder to shoulder with Christians all throughout the world, standing against this world of sin and death and darkness. What we assumed as a lost cause is completely turned around and rejuvenated, not by our efforts, but by the word of God and by his breath. With the breath of life, the church stands once again and stands forever. And in fact, we don't just stand, we rejoice We thrive, we celebrate, we dance, and we share that life with others, bringing the breath of God into their lives as well, telling them that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We grab hold of that gift of life that we have been given, and we use it to the honor and glory of God who gave it to us. And this gift, it's not just given to the church in general. Each and every one of us, individually, had been given this life. Each of us were dead and dried up in our sin. There was no hope, no chance of us ever rising again to any kind of life, much less eternal life in heaven. But by the cross of Jesus Christ, by his death and his resurrection, we were given life. Not just life, life. Jesus says that he came that we may have life and have it to the fullest. Not a life filled with sin and degradation like the world promotes as a good and full life. A life filled with peace and with joy and happiness and community. All based on the eternal word of God. He gives us not just the life of joys here on earth, though we certainly have plenty of that. But we are also given an eternal life of joy. Forgiven of our sins, we are no longer condemned to hell as we deserve. We are no longer separated from God for all eternity. Instead, we are restored as His child. We are made alive. We are washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. And so we know that we will be taken to that perfect paradise that Jesus Christ has prepared for us. That is the hope that we have. That is the certainty. That is the message that we proclaim boldly to a world that desperately needs to hear it. And so as a congregation, we celebrate, individually and together. We celebrate the wonderful things that God has done in each and every one of our lives. We rejoice at the many opportunities that we have as a congregation to proclaim God's holy word. We rejoice that though we have no right to be here, we are strong and steadfast in the word of God. That we have people who are willing and able and dedicated to serve the congregation, to come on a Sunday morning, their one day off, and to hear the word of the Lord. We rejoice that in a town of our size, we are much larger and stronger than we have any right to hope to be. Having been given that breath of life from God, we don't squander it just here within the confines of the church. We don't pick up our Christian faith at the door, come, worship God for an hour, and then check it again and say, well, we'll pick that up again next week. We live out that life of faith and joy all week long. We actively proclaim what God has done for us in everything that we do and think and say living by His Word, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with all. We bring that breath of life to our friends, to our enemies, to total strangers, and we invite each and every one of them to come here with us to be refreshed by God's Holy Word. The church is not dead, and God has not abandoned us. Built on the rock, the church doth stand. God's Word is our great heritage. We, as Christians, we have something that nobody else can offer. We have the words of eternal life, proclaimed in our scripture readings, in our hymns, in our liturgy, and in our everyday lives. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we proclaim that blessed gospel message here and throughout the entire world. We celebrate from victory unto victory, as God's word changes hearts and lives, even if it's just one at a time. Can these bones live, we may ask? By the grace of God, by the power of his mighty word, the dry bones of sinners like us all, of congregations like ours, we are indeed given life. And these bones not only live, but they sing, they dance, they shout with glee, and they rejoice in the salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, And they boldly proclaim that good news of the gospel to the entire world. That by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins. And eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.